Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. We are trying out some new mics today. Thanks to our Patreon. So we really appreciate it. Hopefully this works well for a lot of you as well. Thank you so much. They're so nice and so much. Hammond, I'm talking right into this motherfucker. I cannot talk into it anymore. There you go. Uh, Really, really happy with our new setup. Thank you, world. And we want to give a shout out to some of our more recent Patreons. Mm -hmm. They include Could Be a Librarian. I think that's a puzzle for me to solve. (laughs) Sindios. Kala D, Danielle C, Sarah M, Brett M, Jason H, Raquel P, Liz S with a devilish last name, Tegan, Adam H, Chindi C, Tegan, a second one, Amanda W, NS, and James B, who I can only assume is James James Broland. Either one. I think James Broland is more uh, likely just because he is real. So I have so many things I want to talk about. There's a few sound clips as well. Uh, Let's start with 60 Minutes because, you know, why not? Uh, Last weekend on 60 Minutes, they aired one of their segments. The last one was about the Southern Baptist Convention. And specifically, they got an interview with the new president of the Southern Baptist Convention. His name is Bart Barber. He was elected over the summer. Okay. And, you know, the first thing about it is, really, the head of the Southern Baptist Convention is going on TV to talk about his denomination? Do they generally... Southern Southern Baptists are everywhere, right? Don't they love to talk? You would think, except the only reason you would want to talk to the head of the SBC right now is Uh because of all their sexual abuse stuff. So it's like, oh, really? You want to be the the face of the operation when all this is going on? Right, okay. And so they even said, Anderson Cooper, who is the host of that segment, he opened up the segment saying about Barber... We weren't sure he would want to sit down Mm. and discuss weighty matters of church and state, Mm -hmm. but he did. So just to recap some of what we know at this point, Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, reporters, I I believe just in Texas, they started investigating all the sexual abuse allegations that were going on Mm -hmm. in the SBC. And remember, this is not the Catholic Church where there's a pope at the top. It's a very big hierarchy. And every church ultimately answers to the Vatican Mm -hmm. and the, the church hierarchy. The SBC, for better and for worse... They do have a leadership committee. But they're not beholden to them, but they're right? they're beholden to them. So they're basically a large group of individual churches mm-hmm. that pay some money to sure. the executive committee to run mission programs, yeah, missionary like programs. being in the chamber of commerce of your town or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so what they found in these uh, newspaper articles is that over the past decade, more than 250 staffers or volunteers had been charged with sex crimes, that was their phrase, mm-hmm. against more than 700 victims. You said 200 staff members? 250 staffers 50. or volunteers. Oh. Okay. And none of them communicated, because they're all independent entities mm-hmm. here. 
And then after enough pressure from the outside, the SBC is finally like, you know what? We'll do our own investigation. We'll even hire an outside party that's trusted. Like, we're not just going to sign off on it ourselves. We'll Mm -hmm. have an outside party do it. And they eventually made that public. And what they found is that, first, there uh, there was a private list. They actually did keep track of the people who were alleged to be bad actors. Okay. They found that their own list had 703 abusers. 409 of them were supposed to be like SBC affiliated as opposed to volunteers and stuff. Oh, okay. So like, and they had a list. They did not share this list with all the churches. But, but they obviously they knew. knew it was going on. So that's disturbing. And they also found a lot of evidence of cover-ups and things like that. Like you mm. people told their church leaders, and then it never went anywhere, things like that. We felt that under disappointed, but not surprised. Right. It was so bad that the Department of Justice is now investigating the SBC, specifically some entities in the SBC, basically saying, did you mishandle sexual abuse cases? Because sometimes they involve crossing state lines, and it's a federal issue. So now the government's looking after it. Can I just take a step back and, like, I, I guess my problem always is, and I've never really had a satisfactory answer. Why do is we let the Baptists self police, like literally self police? Like, wh- why What's are they the not alternative? Cu- that if somebody gets raped, you should report them to the police so they can. N- be, well, I mean, I believe what, what the churches would say is like, well, you can do whatever you want if you're the victim. But the victims are basically thinking, well, this happened in church. I'm going to tell my church but, leaders. But, I'm, but there's no mandatory reporting. No, no, no. But I am saying that like as a human, like as as American citizens, yeah. they are beholden to American laws and whatever state laws they live in. For some reason, it is common knowledge that these churches are constantly doing these self-evaluations like, oh, I think we have had some, like, sexual Mm -hmm. impropriety, and then do nothing about it. So at what point, like, I know they're not mandatory responders, reporters, so that's that would be if you're a teacher or something like that. So they're not forced to tell the government about this. However, once the government, once the cops or whomever get wind of what is going on, why aren't people walking away in handcuffs for covering up abuse? Two things. One is, why are the cops getting wind of this? Victims have to go tell them, and there's a lot of reasons victims may not do but that. We, but you and I are sitting here with the knowledge of Why, how and many... And the second ch- thing is, where is that common knowledge coming from? It's because a lot of these stories don't come out until a lot of these people are older, mm. and they realize what happened, and now they're sharing their stories, and then one story leads to more people coming forth. So, like, the common knowledge that we have, that this is a widespread problem, yeah. is something we could say with hindsight... That in real time, they're like, oh, no, it's, it's just me. You can't prove it. It's not it. happening. It's not a systemic but, uh, what, problem. Uh, but, like, okay, truly, if, uh, so this guy, this Southern Baptist gentleman. Yes, Bart Barber Bart is the Barber, president now. Is he in no way culpable for, is he in no way responsible for what is happening to the churches that are, no, probably not. No, he's no, not. Because he can't I be. mean, one, he just got elected in, like, the summer, so. Fair. But uh, so, do you understand why imagine, I am frustrated? Oh, yeah, yeah. So imagine this is the backdrop, and then 60 Minutes calls you and is like, we want to talk to one of you for national television. I don't think I would want Anderson Cooper to interview me, and I don't have any skeletons <laughs> in my closet. I just uh, so, think I would get real 
uncomfortable. So there is your backdrop. Be handsome. And that's why even Cooper was like, I didn't think he would say yes, but he did. Oh, boy. So let me play a few clips for you because what happened is Bart Barber appeared on 60 Minutes on Sunday and got a lot of praise from a lot of places, including critics of the SBC, including critics of the way the SBC's leadership including has handled the crisis. Critics named Hemant? Uh, no, not from me. Okay. I did not love it. But let me play you one clip. This is uh, specifically Anderson Cooper asking Bart Barber about abuse, about the crisis, and then we'll talk about it. When you read that report and to read accounts of people who were brave enough to call in to the executive committee to report abuse, for them to be ignored... That's not a strong enough word. We didn't just ignore them. Sometimes we impugn their motives. Sometimes we attack them. The huh. reason why I'm president of the Southern Baptist Convention is because our churches do not agree with that and have taken action to correct those things. Okay. Yeah, not I a mean, bad answer. That feels like a very solid thing to say if you're an incoming president or a brand new president of it's very political, right? There are problems. Mm-hmm. I've been elected to address these problems. Yeah. It's worked for Trump. It's worked for this guy. Bart Barber went on to say, I have strong feelings about this. It's not just anger, though I am angry about it. Dot, dot, dot. I'm not doing this to try to accomplish some PR objective for us. I'm doing this because I want to serve God well. Okay, whatever. Like, I don't care about your God thing, but the question is, are you actually going to take this problem seriously, and what does that mean? And part of what that means is having an oversight committee that is ready to take action, that is ready to share if there are allegations, tell the people who need to know, talk to law enforcement when it's necessary. I just, if he doesn't say from now on the policy of the Southern Baptist Convention or whatever is, is somebody has been, if if a minor has been molested or or whatever in any way, do you can report it to the head of the church or whomever, but then you report it to the police. So this is the question. Like, what policies will they end up putting right. in place? And that's something they'll have to figure out in the months to come because, I mean, the report that they got is still relatively new. Mm. Yeah, it's it's been a couple months now, but, like, Okay, let's see what in you do with how it. Things move. Yeah, let's see what you're actually going to do, and we we can judge your tenure at that point. So mm-hmm. I should say just a couple of things I saw uh, online. This is from a critic of the SBC. I'm grateful, SBC president. Uh, I'll get to that one later because it discusses something we'll discuss in a second. This is from another SBC pastor. Thanks, Bart Barber. There were about 150 ways any of us could have messed this interview up, but you did an outstanding job. Yeah. I mean, okay, fine. So that's what he was getting praised for, for at least acknowledging, yeah, those victims had a point. We did not do enough. Mm-hmm. We need to do more. We were we handled it so badly. It right. wasn't just ignoring them. It was saying there's something wrong with the victims. Yes, to all of that. Glad you noticed that. And now we'll see what you do. Sure. Okay, here's where I have a problem with the interview itself. Because at some point... You know he's going to be asked about their positions on various issues. Right. And it's like, okay, but like, how are you going to handle this? And just for context here, I already know what the Baptist position is on abortion, Mm -hmm. on LGBTQ rights. 
But I've seen Joel Osteen, who is not a Southern Baptist. I don't believe technically he is, but he does his own thing. But when he's done interviews and he gets asked about it. He's in the church of Joel Osteen. Yeah. When he gets asked about that stuff, he's like, I don't talk about that stuff. I don't have opinions. Don't ask me for opinions. I don't know anything. Like, it's it's annoying because he's like, I'm just going to be evasive about it, even though you know he has opinions on this stuff. So the question is, are you, Bart Barber, when you're asked about abortion, are you really going to say you fully oppose it in all situations? Because you can't weasel your way out of that one. So let me play you a clip of when he was asked about abortion. Specifically, he was asked about like a worst case scenario, a child victim who uh, has been abused by a family member. What do you do? So here's that clip. Our interest with abortion is not it's not to police everybody's sex life. Uh, our interest with abortion is that we believe that's a human person who deserves to live. There was just a case recently, a 10-year-old girl who was raped, barred from having an abortion in Ohio, was able to obtain one in, in Indiana. I mean, this is a, a little girl who, she has a right to life too. Sure. Even in that case, you think she should have the child? I do. She should be forced to have the child. I, I think, um, I don't want that to sound like I don't have tremendous compassion for her and her circumstance. I wish we could put an end to 10-year-olds being raped. I'm, I'm trying to work against child sexual abuse because I think that's atrocious. But you don't see forcing a 10-year-old child to go to term with a, a baby that, from rape as abuse of a child? I see it as horrible. I see it as preferable to killing someone else. So at that point, he's to- that's the party line there. Yeah. Uh, no abortions under any circumstances. And this is one where it's like, he, you had the out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say, you know, I am against it personally. This is the Joe Biden line. I'm as a Catholic. No, they're never going to do it against it personally. personally. But as a no. political issue, whatever, he's not going to say that. No, no, no. That's the, only, that's the thing that only Democrats do. <laughs> he could say, I'm against abortion, but I do understand there are some circumstances that are horrific. Mm-hmm. And in those situations, of course, we need to protect the kids. I mean, I, I think th- you're right. The, the out for him would have been like, there, of course, are extreme cases like this one that right. are not neatly into like whatever. Like it, he could have done something like that of like, Yes, of course, a 10-year-old, it's different than a 16-year-old. Like, there's no other, like, Yeah, course. so many ways out of it, but to say, like, I just want to end rape. Buddy, you're not going to. Sorry. Like, it's going to happen. The question is, what are you doing? And the answer is Well, the problem is, is he, wants to end, he wants to end rape by Buddy, taking over even... the fucking Southern Baptist yeah, Convention, where that's even... literally the only kind of sex they permit. <laughs> He can't even end sexual abuse within his churches. Really? What are you going to do about these horrific circumstances? And, and the he, answer that Southern Baptists are giving as a denomination is, yeah. oh, no, first forced birth. I feel bad about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, screw the girl. She'll, like, be, in, she'll be in my prayers for <laughs> sure. And then nothing else. I'm doing nothing you, else for her. Oh, like, that's, this is the guy that got praised. For his interview, Listen, saying, of course I want kids to have their rapist babies, regardless of circumstance. Like, the fetus always matters more than the mother. I mean, we don't have to, we do not have to say he is bad or he is good. He said some good things about some horrible shit, and he said some really, really bad things about some important shit. That is correct. I will give him credit for voicing his, for going on TV in the first place, for saying, yes, I know it's a problem, and I am going to do everything I can to fix it. 
I think his abortion thing is bullshit, but is to be expected of somebody from somebody in his position. And so we'll let me check ask back you this. in a year and let me ask see you how this. the fuck he did. Knowing that is the party line that no other Southern Baptist was going to say anything different, uh, is there anything else he... How, knowing that's his position, is there a way for him to answer that question any differently that might make you feel any differently? Because you feel how I do about yeah. this issue and his answer, which is it's barbaric. Is there any way to hold his views and give an answer that's not totally horrifying? I mean, the Joe Biden answer is the best we can do is I would never do it. I do believe it's a human being or whatever, but there are circumstances. When it comes to public policy. Yes, when it comes to public policy. And like, let's not pretend there aren't circumstances in which people have to die for like what. Like, It's just. I don't know. What are we doing here? Why are we talking about whether or not a 10-year-old should have a baby? Like, why because, is that a conversation? Because Bar- Barber's people have all the power, and we do not. I haven't even made a joke about the fact that he has a cartoon person name. Yes. Uh, then he was asked, I was waiting for this one, by Anderson Cooper, who is not married, but he does have two kids with his uh, partner, former partner. I don't know if they are broke they up. Are they separated? I think they are. Oh, no. But anyway. Anderson. Uh, he was, uh, Bart Barber was asked about uh, gay rights um, specifically. Let us not forget that Anderson himself is gay. Yes. So here is that section. Again, asked about uh, the question is what do you do with gay people in your church? And also, can you be gay and married and like a member of good standing in the SBC? Here's that section. Not surprisingly, Barber and the SBC oppose same-sex marriage. We're committed to the idea of gender as a gift from God. We're committed to the idea that men and women ought to be united with one another in marriage. Do you still believe that gay people can be, should be converted out of being gay? I believe that sinners should be converted out of being sinners, and that applies to all of us. Can somebody be (laughs) a good Christian, a member of the Southern Baptist Convention, and be gay or lesbian and married to a person of the same sex? No. That was asked and answered. Man, there you go. So why married gay why is people, this news? This is what news. they think. This is what they tell us we think they think. So two things. One is the can you be same sex married and a good Christian? He says no, which within the Southern Baptist Convention, that is their answer. Of course. Plenty of Christians would disagree. Plenty of denominations do disagree. They're mm-hmm. totally supportive of that stuff. I was actually surprised by the do you think gay people should be converted out of it because even within conservative circles it's like no you are gay you should be celibate right you shouldn't act on it right but it's like but you are gay i can't control that that's how god made you that Mm -hmm. is an answer i've heard from some conservative christians and his answer was like well yeah all sinners should be converted out of being sinners which says being gay is a sin Uh which is not a necessarily common position um even if it is not uh, everything's so it's not a so much sin, a sin, like, it's just ucky. Like, it's acting on it that they all have problems with. But being gay, even a lot of conservative oh, churches are like, well, sure, nothing I can do about feelings. that. So I was surprised that he's like, yeah, conversion therapy. Like, really? That's what you're on I the mean, side of. Yeah, he definitely is, and he implicitly is. He explicitly just kind of tap danced. Like, I <laughs> truly, like, well, yeah, of course, because everybody's a sinner, and I think I'm a sinner. So, yeah. like, they do this thing of as if 
Well, we're all sinners, so I don't think gay people are any worse when all they do is walk around telling us that gay people are worse. So, yeah, like, yeah. Y- yeah, you can talk in circles, dude, but we know, we know. Even Pope Francis, who is the head of the biggest anti-gay group in the country, right. was like, who am I to judge? And Bart Barber's like, no. The Pope. <laughs> Bart Barber gives the no. Okay, here's the one that uh, I was a little surprised by because I thought it was a fair line of questioning. Um Basically, in 2016, Bart Barber said he didn't vote for Donald Trump. This is old news. He said he didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016, specifically mm. because of the way he treated women, which is the <laughs> excess Hollywood tape. Um, and, and he got much better over the next totally. four years. So and he then his mind. the cruel rhetoric about legal immigration. Uh, I think he's referring to like Trump calling Mexicans rapists, things like the that. Shithole countries thing. Shit, that, that happened afterwards. Oh. But like Bart Barber said, those are the two issues the women, oh, the immigration. Okay. I didn't vote for him in 2016, but he did vote for him in 2020. And so that was the line of questioning. Like, why did that change all of a sudden? Because it's not like Trump got better. He got exponentially better about women. He didn't call anybody anything bad. (laughs) So here's that section. And I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, what could you possibly say to explain why you changed your mind Mm -hmm. other than, well, I might be president of the SBC and I can't not be for Trump. So here's that segment. Oh, boy. In 2016, you said... I think it hurts the credibility of my testimony for me to be a vocal supporter of a demonstrably evil man whose campaign (laughs) platform consists mainly of his evilness. Yeah, I I did not vote for President Trump in 2016. And that lays out my rationale for that pretty well. What was the evilness that you saw? The way he treated women that had been documented at that point. Uh, I thought that uh, a lot of the rhetoric about immigration was wrongful. A lot of Southern Baptists thought that the rhetoric about immigration was wrongful. Talking about legal immigration. Talking about legal immigration. You embrace it. I embrace it. I'm I'm thankful for people who have immigrated. I live in Texas. I'm surrounded by people who are intermarried into our families. They make our community better. Correct me if I'm wrong. In 2020, you did vote for Donald Trump. Bing bong. Part of what changed is that um, the president advocated for some legislation on uh, sentencing reform, uh, something that really addressed some injustice that affected uh, minority communities. I was encouraged by the consistent pro-life support that the president gave. Oh, boy. I didn't expect that. So that's it for that section. Wait. Yeah. I didn't expect the pro-life thing while he was running for president. He didn't expect Trump to live up to the promise he made that he's going to appoint anti-abortion judges all over the board. Um, and Trump basically said, yeah, I'll give it to the Federalist Society. They can uh, pick all my nominees for everything. And yeah, he appointed his three Supreme Court justices who are against abortion. So that's that reference. If he just said, you know, abortion's the only thing I care about, and Trump got his anti-abortion people mm. on the courts. And so, yeah, I didn't think he was going to do it, but he did. So I voted for him in 2020 because... Women don't really matter to me. Right. And immigration. Well, live women don't matter. Live women don't matter to me. Immigrants don't matter to me. But to weasel out of that by like, well, he did a sentencing. Okay. What's the Trump sentencing reform thing he did? I don't remember. That's right. You don't. By the way, Republicans shot that down. Trump's own first step program thing. Like, Republicans are like, we are not doing that shit. Oh, funny. (laughs) I mean, of course. But even if they got something done on that, he's basically saying, Trump was evil. Trump was anti-women. He was anti-immigrant. Oh, so why'd you vote for him in 2020? 
other things. I liked other things. I wish and I wish Cooper had been like, well, what about the women? Like, what happened? Did anything yeah, change? Yeah, I, I do wish he'd pressed him harder. It's possible. Although it sounded like it was edited, so. Yeah, it's possible the interview was longer and there are parts of it that were left on the cutting room floor. That happens. I don't know if a follow-up question was asked and not answered or what the deal was. But that's, we talked about other Southern Baptists who had basically sworn off Trump in 2016, oh. and then by 2020, they were, like, eating their own words. I would love to see a supercut of all those people. Oh, there's so many. Um, Albert Moeller was the Southern Baptist, like, theology professor who basically called Trump, like, the great evangelical embarrassment if we vote for him. And then by 2020, he's like, Trump? I like Trump. What's wrong with Trump? Like, so all these people, People like... People have such short memories, and politicians just take advantage of that. So, I mean, look, all that stuff. Was this a good interview for the guy? I was... He got so much good reaction representing the SBC, predominantly because of the way he answered the abuse questions and seemed to take it seriously and seemed to care about those victims. And then on everything else that was discussed... He was a monster who said stuff with a smile and with that compassionate drawl while saying all the monstrous stuff. Well, he is towing the party line on everything except for taking abuse seriously. So I guess we have to give him credit for <laughs> taking the one thing seriously that nobody else does. But, like, he can jump up his own ass. I don't give a shit. He, doesn't, As the he does not goes. care about my bodily autonomy, so I don't care about his face. <laughs> the for what it's worth the Southern Baptist Convention used to have 16.3 million members at its peak. It's about 14 million today. Jesus. So they have declined yeah. uh, in the past Still 20 so years. It's it's the biggest Protestant denomination. Um I think when you have interviews like this when the best interview you can hope for with the guy who runs your denomination is a guy who's like, eh, 10-year-old's getting raped and forced birth. Like, whatever, yeah. doesn't Cost of doing me. business. Uh, gay people shouldn't... Nope, you're not a good Christian yeah. if you fell in love. But those are all the things that we know the... Like, we shouldn't be surprised by that. That's no. what they believe. That's what it says on the tin. So the thing it doesn't say on the tin is, I'm going to actually try to address abuse. <laughs> if they're counting on this guy to help put a nice face on their religion, I don't think it's going to do it. I think you're incorrect. I think you (laughs) are woefully naive at how dumb people are and how willing they are to see somebody be, redeem themselves. Just to be clear, like, the, for the widest TV audience this guy's ever going to get, he made it clear that in his view, Jesus is homophobic, God likes traumatizing children who are victims of sexual assault, Mm -hmm. and that the thrice-married racist who paid hush money to porn stars he was having an affair with while his current wife was pregnant with his fifth child, Mm -hmm. who also remains a threat to democracy, Mm -hmm. still got his vote in 2020. Might get it again in the future. It's a possibility. Depends on who the other people are. Who fucking knows? Mm -hmm. So that's the SBC for you. Cool. Do you want something uh, lighter for a moment? And I'll get rid of my last clip here. Mm-hmm. Um, our buddy, Steven Anderson, Christian hate preacher from Tempe, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I mean, he's anti-gay in all the worst ways. Like, he does it for sports. But this clip I want to show you from a recent sermon, uh, I would love to hear your take on it. Um, Because I can tell you what Twitter's take on it is. They have very strong opinions, and they're all identical. Great. See if you could figure out what it is. Here's that clip. Uh, Boom. 
And what these people do is every bit as gross, yay, much grosser than eating yay. your own vomit. I would rather eat my own vomit out of a bowl with a spoon every day for the rest of my life until I'm 100 years old than to engage in what they do one single time. Yeah. And I'm not using hyperbole, I'm serious. I would be like, okay, I'm ready for my daily meal. Yeah! Now look, that's pretty gross, right? But you know what? They're stinking gross. And you know what? I'm sick of pretending that they're not. They're disgusting, hey, they're filthy, it's vile, it's gross, it's weird, it's sick, and every normal person knows that. Right. And, oh, and I appreciate you, you know, talking about eating a bowl of vomit, but you know what? Hey, I don't appreciate living in a society where their filth is shoved down my throat every day. Every day, every day. Okay, and, and whatever, if you get exposed to one single or transvestite, it's a hundred times grosser than what I just said to you. So deal with it. So get over it. Too. And so the Bible says here. I'll stop there. The Bible says here, love you'll <laughs> love your neighbor as you love me. Uh-huh. Um, the internet would like you to know he's hiding something. Why? I I don't really get I, here's I don't my like problem that. with that. I don't, I don't like, like that, that at either. all. We don't need to do this. And here's you guys. why. Because I have no reason to think he's hiding anything, and he can also be straight and say all this monstrous stuff, and he doesn't have to be hiding anything. He is not alone. All yes. the conservative Christians say this kind of nonsense all the time. Yeah. I, boy, guys, we have to stop doing this. I just don't think it's going to go well for anybody ever. Like, truly, what are we... People can be monsters and have monstrous positions without telling on themselves and yes of course like we've seen time and time again every time the GOP accuses the Democrats of doing anything it's something they've done themselves like of course uh, but this is not a good look and also like to it, say that oh he to must say be oh he must be gay because also like, it's sort of like oh profile. he should be ashamed of that and that's a layered mess yeah. I don't like yeah, that what the, I don't like that at all the reason what he said is a problem is not because of possible hypocrisy it's because it's just hateful. Yeah, that's hate speech. He would rather eat a bowl of his... And also, that whole thing was so junior high, I wanted to die on his behalf. Like, truly, like, I would rather... Um, um, I would rather eat my own a bowl of my own vomit with a... Boom. You can and have I, a church now. And I'd be like, and then I'd be like, nom, 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 nom. yeah, that's how gross I think gay dudes are. Like... Are you a 13-year-old kid in 1998? So let me ask you this. Because I think I went to junior high with you. What's the difference between Anderson's obviously hateful position on gay people doing things that Anderson's? are gay, Anderson's, and Bart Barber's conviction? Oh, Anderson's the guy who ago. just... I thought you meant yes. Anderson Cooper, and Sorry, I was very no. confused. Stephen this guy's Anderson, Anderson, who just said all this horrible stuff, mm -hmm. what's, his position is not actually any different no. from what Bart Barber just said the SBC's position is when it comes to married gay people, yeah. which is that, well, that the assumption is you are having sexual intercourse. Of course intercourse. it's the same. You cannot be a good Christian, said the nice guy a second ago. Of course, but I mean, that's them trying to, like, 
pat it for us. That's the... I mean, listen, we all know what we, what we think, and the one guy said it to get as much drama and as much traction and as much most visceral reactions he could from his from his group, because that's what they do. We I watched the Mark Driscoll thing. They whip them up into a frenzy and then just yell hateful shit at them, and it's they eat it up. So, yeah, it's the same song, different beat. Same song. It's a cover of the same song. There's a song metaphor in there. Not a good recovery. No, no, it wasn't. No, they're both <laughs> assholes. Um, but boy, oh boy, Anderson is a their positions nightmare are person. Not different. No, and yet Anderson is seen, rightfully so, as this hate preacher. And Bart Barber is being hailed as this. Oh, he's the nice guy who's now running the SEC. Is there any chance you just saw like four tweets that praised him, and you're like, everybody loves this guy? No, like. I haven't seen people criticize the interview for the parts that we played right uh-huh. now. I have seen a lot of reaction from people saying, wow, I'm glad that guy's the Well, because that's the poll quote. That's the thing that's different from the status quo. And everything else is like, well, yeah, he's an asshole too. But also this guy, this uh, Anderson, this Steven guy Anderson, yeah. is... He is trying to go beyond just like, well, there's sin. He's at least... And this is the barest amount of credit I can give um, cartoon guy. Yeah. Um, at least he is underplaying it and lumping it in with other sins and being like, yeah, uh-huh. well, we're all sinners. He was not going out of his way to be like, no, Anderson, gay people are fucking disgusting and abhorrent to the Lord, and so I think they should go to hell. This guy is not, the, uh, Anderson is not only saying all of those hateful things, which is ta- we take for granted, right? Let, that's the cost of doing business is you hate gay people. Right, that's but he Anderson's is position. amping it up and... Again, whipping these people up into a frenzy. This is how hate crimes happen. So, yes, they're both monsters, but I think they are monstrous in a different way. And I'm hesitant to say one is worse than the other because I don't know who has more sway, who has more people who will actually listen to his... Infinitely more sway than Steven Anderson does. But is that any better for the people they're talking about? And the answer is probably no. Um, you're right. Steven Anderson is whipping his base into a frenzy. I don't think Bart Barber is going to like lead revolts to start like right, hate like, crimes or anything. But their position is not different. It's bad. They're both yeah. bad. But all things considered, I would <laughs> rather a dude who is like, well, yeah, they're sinners, but we're all sinners. So no, they can't be good Christians. But you know, I want them to whatever. Versus, I would literally rather eat my own vomit with a spoon every single day than one time kiss a boy. Mm-hmm. Those are different uh, uh, takeaways, I think. Uh, let's go to a story you really wanted to talk about, which is... Survivor? Uh, we'll get to that in the <laughs> bonus. Uh, no, there. last week at Fairview Baptist Church in South Carolina, uh, someone... Basically, this started on Twitter where someone said, my best friend lives in South Carolina and sent me a sticker from her local mom's group. And basically it was a sticker that said, I heart hot youth pastors. That was the sticker that they handed out. Oh boy. At a church youth group. Oh boy. To children. I heart hot youth pastors. Here is a thing before you go any further. There's a lot of companies and groups who try to like quote get in on the joke uh-huh. because we in the sane people world dog on youth pastors all the time because they all they have a very specific energy 
They all play acoustic guitar. They all probably... They all wear the same size jeans. So all wear the same size jeans. I'll probably still for. wear puka shell necklaces, maybe wear a hat backwards. The guitar thing is a must, though. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing we all make fun of because they're also so the always low-key creepy. Are they However, making a joke about youth pastors Yeah, here? they're trying to get in on the joke of like What's youth pastor joke? energy. Is See? that everybody had a crush on their youth pastor and slash or youth pastors walk around the world like everybody has a crush on them. So I I did wonder what's the joke? Am, am I missing the joke here? And it's is that, that I, I think that's the joke. Is like youth pastors have this like weird teen horny energy that's that a, is inexplicable to everybody else. So that's not the joke. What? I I know the answer to this. What? That's not the joke. What? And the real answer is way worse. So wait, yeah. hold on. Yeah, oh, I did I not realize this was a gotcha question. Oh no, I dug into this shit. Okay, so it's not just, like, getting in on the joke of, like, youth pastor, youth pastor energy no. and, oh, he's got that kind of Spongebob-y manic energy. Okay. Correct. Okay. It's not. So, Fairview Wait, Baptist... can I, ask, can I yeah. take another... I just want to know... Yeah, in a second, you could take another stab at it. So, Fairview Baptist Church, this was youth pastor Corey Wall. Uh, he apparently handed these stickers out. Uh, this is in Greer, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the sticker came out. People were like, where the hell is this happening? What happened... And I need that bumper sticker, man. <laughs> um, when they got a response, the church, what base? Uh, I do have some. I want to make sure I'm reading this correctly. Are our new mics picking up my loud. wine pour? Do you yeah, think? everyone hears the wine pouring, That's fine. but it's needed. Yeah. Here's what he <laughs> said. Um, the first one is what Corey Wall said. This is the youth pastor. Oh yeah. Last night of I was made. Corey. Yes. Last night I was made aware of your concerns involving the sticker being distributed to your sister at our midweek service. Let me assure you that my intentions were pure, and the last thing I wanted to do was make you, your sister, or anyone else. Excuse me. Did he have them printed up? Excuse me. Did this youth pastor have you mean, stickers? Did he, did he buy that... these from like a store, or did he specifically have them made? For whatever I am hoping it's the latter. I suspect the former is more likely. I think he printed them up. Fuck yes. Hell yeah, Corey. So he goes on. Corey. Corey. He goes on to say, we are updating our church-wide database, and I encouraged kids to come see me to get a sticker and update their information. Here's the answer to your question. Do you want to take another stab at it before I tell you? Oh, boy. Where, what's the joke here? It's, I, not, it's not youth pastor culture. Okay. Wait. Can, can I ask a, a clarifying question? Yes. Is hot... Uh, like used as multiple meanings or is it supposed to be hot isn't sexy or is it like H-O-T oh. holy uh, uh-huh. over thou huh? uh, I just thought of that wasn't that good interesting theory no I think it means what you think it means okay uh. then I'm confused okay so here's what he says the sticker was Fucking meant Corey. Mm, the sticker was meant to poke fun of the I heart hot mom culture that a culture? I didn't know that either. I'm like, I've like heard like people. Your wife is a hot mom. Is she a hot mom culture? Dude. <laughs> I'm going to text her. No, don't. Don't even. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this. I don't have her number. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, is this like the MILF thing from American Pie type of thing? Or is this something else that I, they're talking about? Some m- culture beyond that that I don't know about. In my heart, it's less MILF and more like Pilates mom culture of like really upper class women who do Pilates four days a is week. Is that a and culture? Like the- there is, it is definitely a, yes, there is definitely a like 
upper class, usually white ladies who are tend to like their husband supports them and their moms. Um, so they're stay. So they're. Sta- I mean, they're stay at home moms, and because they don't have to work, they are very focused. It's a very superficial. But does that go by hot mom culture, like. I, I I didn't know that was a thing. Well, I mean, you and I don't run in circles of hot white like rich ladies, <laughs> so I don't know. So he goes on to say, in hindsight, the joke was a very poor taste and a mistake on my part. I, mean, I joke do is even pretty for their distribution generous. I would say, yeah. What's the joke? I don't get the joke. I don't get the satire. I don't get the joke. Can I just make a called shot here? Is that our dude Cody? What Corey? Corey, what? Corey Cody. Yeah. Uh-huh. His name's Corey Cody. Corey Cody. Um, Corey Wall. Wall, okay. Give it 10 years. This man is going... <laughs> I need to get sued. I feel very don't, strongly don't that this break. man is going to escalate from this so, weirdness to other weirdness. Well, That's all so I'm then, saying. Weird guys who do weird shit like this do weirder stuff down the line. I am telling you. He's younger than us, by the way. Everybody's younger than us. We're old people um, now. I know. I'm 37. Um, the church also issued a statement. Yep. Um, we see and hear your concerns mm. and affirm the matter has been taken seriously. I cannot comment on our accountability what actions cons- with Corey. I guess I'm confused about that, too. What are the concerns? I think people are like, the fuck are you people doing? And so they responded. I cannot <laughs> comment on our accountability actions with Corey because it is a personnel issue that cannot be discussed publicly, dot, dot, dot. I will confirm this has been dealt with as a serious matter in our response with Corey privately, according to our personnel manual guidelines. I don't know what that means. Oh, well, as long as it's to the manual guidelines, then then I feel better. But then they kept talking. Oh, boy. Corey's... Uh Uh-oh. I guess guess during their midweek service, when Corey is with the youths, he mentioned having a porn addiction. I don't know why he mentioned this. Oh, gang. But he did. Oh, no. The sticker now becomes even worse. Okay. So, okay. So what? <laughs> the church says Corey's mentioning having a porn addiction was about at a time when he was a high schooler and young adult. That's all they say about it. I don't know what that's about. I guess they're like, why is he talking what? about this with my child? Why? They go finally they say we met with Corey. And How under- old is Corey? 35. We met with Corey and he understands this should not have been shared with the students. Excuse me, he's 35 years old? I told you younger than us. I- okay, I understand now that you're doing a fun little bit. He's 30. I thought he was 21. No, 30. He's 35 years old. Okay, mm-hmm. this guy has fully already killed somebody then. This is what <laughs> I am telling you right fucking now. Allegedly. Allegedly, okay. he definitely almost killed somebody Speaking at some point. Speaking of the porn addiction, uh, I guess, sermon, we met with hey, Corey. gang, I don't ever want to hear about your porn habits, whether they're healthy or not. I'm just not the audience. I'm just putting that up. We met with Corey, and he understands this should not have been shared with the students oh? until he made parents aware of the topic beforehand and explain the context of why he would share this. Yeah, otherwise it'd be testimony. creepy. Yeah, which means uh, a guy who apparently has a porn addiction was handing out stickers referencing hot youth pastors, which he said was a joke involving hot moms. 
Ta-da, Southern Baptist. I'm just confused is the problem. That's the right answer. I'm confused and angry. And then, two days after this, Mm. two days after Oh, no, there's more? I thought we were done. Oh, no, you don't understand. This is all I've done this week. Oh, boy. Is figure out what the hell's going on with this sticker. Mm -hmm. Two days later, the church issues another thing, another statement. So it's just his immediate church? His immediate church, Fairview Baptist Church, says... Corey has been placed on administrative leave and will not be involved in student leadership responsibilities while this situation is being investigated. There will be a thorough and comprehensive investigation. Yada, yada, yada. So he's on temporary leave. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Uh Why is he 35 years old, though? (laughs) That's my main question. He was born in the 1980s. This is not okay. Oh, I missed the best line in there. Why? Um... Our student pastor, Corey Wall, acknowledges that he made a poor decision and a mistake by making a sticker available that was offensive to some. Offensive, offensive to, to some. some. I don't like, know what that oh, means. Oh, I'm sorry you're, you're offended. I'm sorry you're offended. Yeah. What, is, what does any of <laughs> as this mean? The, as if the only problem with the sticker was that it upset a few parents, not that it suggested a completely inappropriate relationship just with your youth generally... Or it ignored the actual real sexual abuse crisis in your religious denomination. Oh, what a And it mess. also suggests the church leaders were not offended by it because they said, you know, oh, you were offended. Some people were offended. Yeah. And again, I don't think offended isn't the right word. Yeah. Uh, questions. Many questions. And placing this guy on temporary leave. Okay, fine. I get that. I don't know what they are investigating. What is there to investigate? He already said he did it. There's no mystery there. Yeah. The case doesn't need to be cracked. Like, what's the punishment other than keeping him away from kids? They're just for a gonna few have to try to until the media dies down and then they can bring him right back. Well, that's in. what they're gonna do, but maybe they just need a little time to crack that noodle, see what's going on up in there. <laughs> like, how's what's he gonna do? Prove that he deserves to be a youth pastor uh, and that he's safe around kids? Like, they're like, We're gonna give you one more ear piercing and a cross tattoo and then send you back <laughs> out there, okay? <laughs> try this pair of jeans, see if it works. <laughs> yeah. So here's my question. Like, here's what I would like. And I'm not going to get it, but I, I want it anyway. Picture him. I want to see what he looks like. Do it you have his picture? I, it doesn't matter. I want to know. Here's what I would like from the church. Explain the joke in a Facebook post. Just explain to me what the joke is supposed to be and what he was going for, because I don't think they can do it. And also, I would like them to freely admit that, like, is this grooming or is this harmless? Or, do we, like, if a public school teacher did this... And that teacher happened to be gay, and it was all a joke. Oh, they would have what lost would their, their mind. Be? And I would like them to admit that it is way more dangerous for kids to go to this church than to watch a drag queen read a book at a public library. Yeah, but um, it's different. If you're a parent, I don't know how you trust your kids to go to this church because I know most of them are going to write it off as like, oh, we like him. Yeah. He did something that was crossing the line for some people, but he's fine. And then they will take their kids back there and nothing will change. Oh, Corey, you look ex- you actually look nothing like what I expected you to. You definitely looked like a kid in drama club I would have had a crush on. Oh, my oh God. God. That's, that's not this. good. <laughs> I had bad taste. That's not a compliment. <laughs> Uh, let's go to Catholic hospitals. Okay. Oh, no, Catholic hospitals bum me the fuck out. Bow out for a couple minutes because I must rant. Okay, here's the deal. Catholic hospitals, Uh bad places. Correct. Um, 
And the Washington Post uh, had an article this week that basically said, yeah, 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 Catholic hospitals are bad, but you know what makes them worse? The overturning of Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. Because now Catholic hospitals are taking over so many other public hospitals, and because Catholic hospitals are famously anti-abortion, this is actually... All these things coming together, the Catholic hospital takeover and abortion restrictions, this is bad. Yes. And I want to explain to people, if you don't understand why this is bad, why this is bad. And just to give you a rundown, because again, this is one of those rabbit holes you can go down for a while. Mm -hmm. Catholic hospitals are under like the Catholic Church hierarchy. They are bound by rules given to them by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, the USCCB. And basically, you can't do anything in a Catholic hospital if it violates Catholic doctrine. That's kind of the way these places operate. Even no matter what the doctors and nurses may want to do to help you out, doesn't matter because the bishops take priority there, not the expertise of the medical professionals. And here's what those directives from the Catholic Church, here's some of what they say. Directive 45, abortion is never permitted. They actually say abortion, that is, the directly intended termination of pregnancy before viability or the directly intended destruction of a viable fetus is never permitted. How does that come into play? Well, what happens if a woman has an ectopic pregnancy where the fertilized egg is not in her uterus but gets stuck in her fallopian tube? She gets to die. She gets to die. She gets like, the privilege of dying so that, her, uh, so that the uh, uh, fetus can also die. The, you normal, know, kill them both. A normal hospital could give that woman a drug to induce an abortion or remove the fertilized egg through surgery. Catholic hospitals we'll do won't neither. do it unless it's like... Uh, the mother is about to die or something like that. They well, won't take the obvious step because that would require a necessary abortion. Well, what doctors always say is fuck prevention. Let's wait till the last possible second mm -hmm. to address a medical issue. That way everybody is on the brink of death at all times. Speaking of which, Directive 48 says in case of extra uterine pregnancy, which is what we're talking about, no intervention is morally licit, which constitutes a direct abortion. So if you have an ectopic pregnancy, no abortion is allowed. Even though the it's not viable. Even though it's not viable. Which means... So it's going to die anyway. Mm -hmm. Or whatever. It's not going to come to be... It's, whatever. It can't implant. It will not be your baby. It will, it's not in the uterus, so mm -hmm. it's not going to be able to grow. And in spite of that, that cluster of cells has more rights than the woman who could possibly die to protect it from yeah. because understand an ectopic pregnancy and politicians apparently just learned this last year you can't just like pluck a fertilized egg out of their fallopian tubes and like plop it back into the uterus that's just not how biology works so what do they do in these hospitals doctors let may, them die may have to remove a woman's entire fallopian tube to prevent something fatal which actually reduces her ability Jesus to get pregnant in the future, Christ. even though it's medically unnecessary, because that's what the USCCB tells them to do. How is... All right, I'm not done. Directive 52 goes after contraception. Catholic health institutions may not promote or condone contraceptive practices, but should provide, for married couples and the medical staff who counsel them, instruction, both about the church's teaching on responsible parenthood and in methods of natural family planning. No condoms, no IUDs, 
no any no birth control pills, but we will tell you how to keep track of your body and all of that. By the way, if you read anything about Mother Teresa, you will quickly learn how her opposition to birth control cunt. put a lot of women in Calcutta in danger. Mother Teresa believed that pain brought purity, mm-hmm. brought spiritual purity. So Which, suffering was the greatest gift she could give somebody. It also means if a woman who's sexually assaulted says she needs birth control immediately and a Catholic hospital happens to be the closest facility nearby, they may not help her. Some might, but it's not guaranteed. And if there's any chance the victim is already pregnant when the hospital sees her, you're not getting the help you need. The only form of contraception they offer is, like I said, natural family planning, which is tracking a woman's that's cycle. That's not offering anything. No, that's... That's that, just you, you saying, try counting sometimes. Oh, your period is irregular? Sucks to suck. <laughs> right. Uh, directive 53. Good news, you'll have a lot of more babies with irregular periods who can continue the progeny. Great. Directive 53 says direct sterilization of either men or women, whether permanent or temporary, is not permitted in a Catholic healthcare institution. So what somebody couldn't mean? have a hysterectomy? No hysterectomy. Wait, no vas- period? No, period, no, no. Period. No vasectomy for men. No tubal ligations for women because those but will But what about, interfere. okay, what if somebody has cancer and like they have to have a hysterectomy because of the cancer? That's not, that has to oh, be different. I take back what I said about hysterectomy. I don't know the answer. Okay. To that. Um, but if anybody knows it, they the could thing, let me though. know. If you're a woman who gives birth and you're having a C-section because you have to, because a vaginal delivery might be dangerous, mm-hmm. and that happens regularly, a woman might say, you know what? I'm done having babies after this. I don't want any more kids. In fact, my health might be at risk if I have more kids. Mm-hmm. So while you're down there, can you just tie, tie my those tubes? tubes? You're already in there. Doctors actually prefer that because they've already made the incision. You can do the procedure. Yeah, it's right less then. surgery. It's less surgery. Almost a third of women who have C-sections get their tubes tied in the process. A third. third. Holy cow. But doctors at a Catholic hospital will not do that. They'll do the C-section, but that's it. They are forbidden from tying a woman's tubes because of that directive. Cool. Directive uh, 40. That sounds safe for everybody. 40 goes after sperm donors. Uh, you can't do that. I'll skip ahead. Like, you can't do sperm donors. You can't use... I feel like you should have put the sperm donor thing up higher for yeah. dramatic effect, because really like that kind of... my way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah that kind of brought um, us out of the bad shit. The same <laughs> logic in this directive forbids in vitro fertilization, because that might involve the destruction of embryos. The IVF no, one is the thing that kills me. No surrogate mother, because that would be seen as gravely immoral. Well, and that's IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, right? Basically, unless you're pregnant... Well, no, like, if you... Uh, if you a have surrogate. it naturally, but another person's... Don't ask but me medical questions. No, no, like a I'm surrogate, I think, necessitates that it's like... Like Phoebe Buffay from Friends. She was mm-hmm. a surrogate because it wasn't her egg. I think that's what surrogacy yeah. is. I think if you just, like, knock somebody... If you're a gay couple and you just get a woman pregnant, I think that's a different situation that the Catholic Church does not <laughs> look into that much. Basically, unless your pregnancy is planned and there are no health issues... Wait. Catholic hospital is not helping you out. Yeah. Yes, so here's yes, the thing. Yes. We haven't even gotten to like end of life care, which is even worse. Oh but boy. the point is like if the Hippocratic oath is do no harm, like the Catholic church's oath has a giant asterisk but right next to it. They don't agree what harm is. That's the problem yeah. is we're not speaking the same language. And the people they tend to harm, we're talking low income people, women, LGBTQ individuals, people who may not have a choice in where they get health care or if yeah. they can get it That's at all. That's the main problem. And even if they have insurance, it's possible their policies require them to go to like a local Catholic hospital. Mm-hmm. These hospitals get about... $48 billion a year in taxpayer money from the government through Medicare, Medicaid reimbursements. Yeah. And again, 
the problem, the reason we're bringing all this up is they are taking over the country. This is from the Washington Post. Uh, four of the nation's 10 largest health systems are now Catholic, Jesus. according to a 2020 report. Dot, dot, dot. The 10 <sighs> largest Catholic health systems control 394 short-term acute care hospitals, a 50% increase over the past two decades. 30% of births now happen at a Catholic hospital. The point is, you may have no choice but to go to a Catholic hospital, depending on where you live. I'm just double-checking that the... Know that the uh, hospital I work for isn't Catholic because mm. it never occurred to me to check. The Post also reports that one in seven hospital beds in the country are now run by a Catholic one healthcare system. One in seven system. beds. Yep. Dang. Um, a couple years ago, a group called Merger Watch found that 46 Catholic hospitals were the sole community providers of short-term acute hospital care for people in their areas. So that is a uh, technical abortion ban. And a technical yes. ban on contraception. A technical ban on... If you have no other way of getting it, yes, it is. And much like evangelical Christian bakers who don't advertise their bigotry on, mm-hmm. with a sign on the door saying, like, we won't work with you if you're this, Catholic hospitals don't always advertise what they won't do. I'm sure they never do. Why and, would they? And again, some of them What's... might be named Saint something or Mercy Hospital. You could figure out if it's Catholic. A lot of them just have, like, dignity health. You don't know what that is. You gotta know those keywords, Hemant. Dignity health has to be Um, Catholic. In 2018, the New York Times looked at the websites of 652 Catholic hospitals, and they said two-thirds of them did not make it clear they were Catholic. (laughs) You had to click at least three times from the homepage to learn that affiliation. Yeah. Wild stuff. I fucking hate everything. Uh Uh-huh. Is there more? There is more. Not on this story. I oh, think I'll God. stop there. But the point is... That shit genuinely... Catholic hospitals have always been a problem. But when me. you mix that with the way red states are restricting abortion care, right. this is becoming... They're on a collision course, and it's not going to end well. Yeah. Uh, before we go to the next story, can we talk about um, the wine glass that you're drinking out of? What am I drinking out well, of? Well, now that you've drank a little more, you can read what it says. It's uh, Oh, it's a cat. If you got it. Haunt it. Oh, oh, I see what you did. We're drinking out of novelty Halloween glasses, everybody. Spooky Halloween. You're like three weeks early. Have you been to the bathroom yet? There's a spooky surprise. There's a ghost just standing in there waiting. Yeah, I hired him. It's a lot of money, but it's (laughs) worth it. It really spooks me out in like 3 a.m. when I get up to pee, and he's like, I'm like, oh, you got me again, Josh. Nice work as usual. Uh, This is the wildest story I read all week. And it, okay, get this. I see a headline. I'm like, there's no way that's right. Okay. I look at the article. I'm like, there's no way that's right. I read the article a couple of times. It's well written. I'm not complaining about the writer. (laughs) I have to read it a bunch of times to figure out like, oh my God, this is actually happening. That's a very wholesome thing to say. I'm like, I'm not mad at you, writer. (laughs) You did a really good job reporting. It's not your fault, writer. It's not the story's messed up. Hard job. Here's the short (laughs) version of the story. I want to explain it because like maybe me explaining it will like help me understand it because it's still wild. Oh, okay. Okay. There is an attorney named Richard Trehunt. I'll call just attorney named Richard. That's what you got to take away from this. And he recently found out that a chaplain who worked at a high school in Louisiana at Brother Martin High School in New Orleans, uh-huh. that this chaplain had previously been accused of sexual misconduct. Okay. This lawyer found out, like, oh, my God, this guy is working at the school. Mm-hmm. No one knows that this is in his records. Like, he's huh. been accused so of So they didn't assault. do a background check? I don't know. But 
he knew something no one else seemed to know. Okay. So what did attorney Richard do? He told the school about it. And the short version of the end of this story, the lawyer has now been fined $400,000 for alerting the school that they hired a guy who has been accused of sexual misconduct. Is it a breach of attorney-client confidentiality? It's Yeah, it's virtually in that realm. Is it? So let me tell you, like, kind of where this, how this happened here, because this is just a crazy story. The story is that the chaplain, whose name is Paul, Paul Hart, he began working for the Archdiocese of New Orleans in 89. At okay. some point early in his tenure there, I think when he was in his late 30s, he ended up working with, like, kids in the area, part of the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and he met this 17-year-old girl who attended a high school overseen by their diocese. She was also a member of a youth group at his church. Mm-hmm. And this is according to an article about their situation. By 1990... Uh, Trigger warning for all of this. By 1990, he was allegedly spending his personal time with the student and began kissing her, groping her chest. Tell me her age again. 17. Okay. And at least once engaging in what church investigators described as, quote, dry sex. Oh, boy. Which involves people That's simulating even worse intercourse. Insane dry humping. Yeah, with their clothes on while in the rectory. So all this My friend needs to call church. that ruffle, ruffle hugging. Oh, That's no. a true story. I don't know why. So here's the thing. As disturbing, criminal, as all that is, would be, I'm not sure how much of that is breaking the law versus mm-hmm. what the hell are you doing. Yeah. Um, the girl did not say anything to anyone at the time. Okay. I don't think she realized how serious it was. Hey, girls, if you're a teenager and somebody over, I don't know, 20 is hitting on you, you're not... A hot youth pastor, let's say. Girls, I love you. You are not more mature than your friends. You're not something special. This guy is trying to take advantage of you. Nobody is interested in teenagers. They're idiots. So that was 1990s, all that happened. In 2012, we'll skip ahead for a while. Okay. That girl is now grown up. Yeah. She has kids of her own. Mm-hmm. She sends them to... She's still Catholic, I think. She sends them to Catholic school in that same archdiocese. Oh, boy. Fine, whatever. Paul Hart was long gone. He's been moved. He goes other places. If this motherfucker molests generations in a family... He doesn't. (laughs) But he moves back, and he's now still employed by the Archdiocese, and he theoretically has contact with her kids. She knows who this guy is. She now knows that what he did to her was wrong, and at this point, knowing how egregious his behavior was, she told the Archdiocese what had happened to her when she was a kid. She filed a complaint with the archdiocese accusing Hart of grooming her before pursuing sexual contact that she now realized was inappropriate. Huh. Okay. 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 So the church, they do their investigation. I'm making big quote hands. Sure. They do an investigation, and here's what they say. He broke the rules about celibacy, which we take very seriously. That's their concern? Mm-hmm. But... The question is, did he commit child sexual abuse? Well, according to church law, canon law, at what the about time, what about American law? What about the laws of your state and your town and your county in the country in the in the world? You're adorable for thinking that matters. Thank you for so, calling me adorable. According to church law at the time, the age of adulthood uh, was 16. Oh, oh. well, so didn't count. Now, sure. in 2002, the Catholic Church said, you know what? We're going to change that to 18. <laughs> Whoopsie. 
But oh, we must have had an oversight. Yeah, but investigators said, well, we were looking at what laws were in place when this crime allegedly happened in the 1990s. Uh, she was, by okay. our loot rules, she was an adult. So the only rule he broke was the celibacy rule, which we'll handle internally. So that means the end result is that this guy stayed within the diocese. Mm -hmm. He wasn't fired. He wasn't seriously in trouble. They did not go to law enforcement about this guy, because why would they? Because he did not, in their mind, abuse a minor. And because of that, his name never appeared on any list of priests who were accused of cool. such behavior. Cool, cool, so cool. that's his story. Mm. Okay, here's the other side of it. I promise this will all make sense in a bit. I promise uh -huh. you it will not. It will. In May of 2020, the entire Archdiocese of New Orleans filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. No. <laughs> yeah. Basically, they had so many lawsuits against them for child sex abuse, and they're like, we can't pay all this we out. We can't pay. We gotta file. And the uh, pandemic didn't help because no one was coming to the churches to give them money. Sure. They're like, we're, so we have no money coming in. A lot of money is going out. We're filing for bankruptcy. And that also put a stop to, like, the lawsuits. It began a process where basically lawyers get involved, judges get involved. we got to figure out what are their assets, what are their liabilities. Sure. And there's a lot of paperwork flying around involving what exactly is happening at this place because we got to figure out what you have. So they have to figure have. out the paper trail of how Everything. much money this got and this guy got and why? Well, not money. No one got any money yet. Oh, excuse like, me, how much money they spent on covering Everything. this? Yeah. Everything. That's where this attorney, Richard Trehant, I hope is the pronunciation, that's where attorney Richard enters this story. He represented some of the victims of sexual abuse, and so he was on a committee investigating the archdiocese. Okay. So he saw the paperwork that included these allegations against Hart. He okay. knew that the church didn't take action on him because of those loopholes I mentioned earlier. Uh -huh. But he also knew that Hart is currently employed at Brother Martin High School. It's an all-boys school, but girls also go there for some extracurricular activities and stuff. So he's like, so this guy, if he's into uh, like children, girls, like he has access to girls. It also turned out, lawyer Richard, his cousin is the principal at that school. Mm. So he's like... I got to tell my cousin, like, hey, you're employing a guy. I don't think you know this uh... about the guy. So he, he didn't say that he said anything, but the school found out. And within days of, like, his uh, telling people about uh -huh. it, uh, the school released a statement saying, oh, hey, our chaplain, Paul Hart, he's retiring. They said he was stepping down, quote, due to his ongoing battle with brain cancer. Brain cancer? Uh-huh. And that was it. That was their party line. That's what Paul Hart said. That's Oof. what the school said. Like, we just need you to leave right now, and hopefully no one will find out a thing. But wait, I left out one detail oh, here. Oh, good. I was worried about when that. When attorney Richard told his, probably his cousin, that something was up at his school. Wait, so he wasn't, yeah. he was representing the Catholic Church he at was, that no, time? No, he's representing the victims. So he's part of investigating what the church okay. has, what they can do for the victims. So the, the Catholic, neither the church nor any of the priests are one of his clients, correct? correct? Correct. Okay. So along with telling his cousin, presumably, that, hey, you guys are employing a guy who has this cloud under him. And you did not know this, but I want to let you know that you hired a guy who's been accused of this stuff. Okay. He also sent an email uh, to a local newspaper because he was Good friendly with a reporter uh, who happened to cover the Catholic Church. And the 
Uh, According to this reporter, he basically said, hey, you may want to keep tabs. Oh, he said, I'm advising you to keep Hart, Paul Hart, on your radar. Sure. But he didn't say anything more because he couldn't. Now, the reporter, uh, his name is Ramon Antonio Vargas. He's like, this is a weird email to get from this guy, acquaintance, a source. Um, but okay, if he says I need to keep tabs on this guy, I should look into this guy. Let me make some phone calls. Let me figure <laughs> out what I can about Paul Hart because someone's okay. got to know something. Okay. And so a couple of days after the school said Paul Hart was retiring, uh-huh. the Times-Picayune in uh, Louisiana comes out with the story. Here's their headline from Ramon Antonio Vargas. As past alleged misconduct with high school girl resurfaces, yep. brother Martin Chaplin retires. He connected the dots. This reporter That's not hard to out, do. He figured out that, oh, he's not retiring because of yeah. brain cancer. He's retiring because these allegations I wonder are if he actually there. has brain cancer. Maybe, maybe not. But basically... Maybe God struck him with brain cancer thing. for molesting teenage girls. This article came out earlier this year. Uh-huh. And as that came out, clearly the diocese, archdiocese is in the middle of bankruptcy proceedings. Right. And all these people are discussing it. And there's a judge involved. And the judge is like, how the fuck did anyone know that the retirement involving this guy had to do with past allegations of misconduct. Who was asking this question? This is ba- I'm, I'm pretending to be the judge here. Okay, so... No one could have known about the accusations against Paul Hart unless okay. you were involved in the litigation because why would you have the paperwork? Okay. You couldn't have known about this. But that's obviously not true because if paperwork exists, that means... Someone knew about it? Well, anybody could have seen that paperwork, even if they weren't there. She assumed, well, no one's made a story of this up to this point. Someone involved in this case yeah. must have ratted someone out, must have leaked. Okay. So she did an investigation with everyone involved. I'm confused. Is confidential paperwork that he's looking at in yep. the Catholic Church? Yep. Everything the church owns, oh, all their money, everything is confidential. She's like, there's no way that story could have leaked unless someone in this room shared it with someone else. So she did her investigation, narrowed it down to the lawyer. It Uh, had to be the lawyer. And the lawyer basically confesses that that's the deal. Uh, Let me read you what he said. I don't believe I violated the confidentiality order by alerting a school about a cleric who had previously engaged in misconduct with a teen. I am going to do something about it 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. That's what the uh, lawyer says. Honestly, this is the kind of, we, we talk a little bit about like when politicians are willing to risk their jobs to do the right thing. Uh-huh. I think that's what this guy was. I don't think he probably thought of it as risking his job, but I think he's right. And I hope I would have done the same thing in his position. What was his punishment? Well, the for re- when I, I do this, say, <laughs> the reporter who wrote about this, who was writing for that Times Picayune and broke that story in January, he now writes for The Guardian. So this week in The Guardian, same reporter writes a story really opening up about what went down here. And he says, the weird thing is like, he, he spoke of himself in like the, I don't know which person. Third person? It, I don't think it's Second third person. person. He's like, the reporter, did, this third reporter person. did not do what Second person. <laughs> right. First person. No, no, no. But this reporter is first he person. He basically said, okay, I got a tip, but he wasn't the guy who told me the details. Like the reporter said, he wasn't the guy who ratted. So if you're blaming him for leaking the story. That's not where I got he, it? That's not where I got it. Is he lying? Uh, the reporter, I mean, he's the reporter. He's like, this reporter doesn't know. The reporter could have said, like, okay, I got a tip, but I did the digging, and I got my information from someone else. That's entirely possible. I don't know. 
But but also reporters tend to protect their sources. Oh yeah. So the, he, could, he might he not be, be telling the truth, but I am fine with him lying again. Entirely true. So, but here's the thing: the reason this reporter wrote about the story in the Guardian mm-hmm. is because this week the judge in the case, overseeing the bankruptcy case, mm-hmm. she removed the lawyer from the case. Said you can't represent victims. She also removed two attorneys what? with whom he collaborated with oh. and a few of their clients who were suing the archdiocese. Wait, what do you mean removed? Like you're not part of this. So they can't get compensation? I don't I don't think that's the case. I don't want to say anymore because I don't know the answer. Okay. But like basically if you're involved in the committee that's trying to figure out who owes who what, yep. like you're not part of that conversation. And on Tuesday, she added a four hundred thousand dollar fine against the lawyer for leaking about the predator priest. He is being fined. Not the priest. The reporter who's like, oh my God, he's still working here. I got to tell somebody so he doesn't abuse anybody. He's being fined for all this. A $400,000 fine for warning a school about an alleged sex predator on their payroll. I Listen, I get it. I get why it's infuriating. Um, and I don't think he did the wrong thing, but also, I mean, yeah, like (laughs) confidentiality shit is important. I think that the safety of children is more important, but I also understand that like these things don't exist in a vacuum. They set precedent or they can't, they have the ability to set precedent and like, Disturbing. It, it's fucked. Up. I, I mean, should it, say uh, the lawyer says he's appealing the decision. He said a. He also said in a public. I mean, genuinely, if he actually ends up having to pay, I'd be shocked. I mm-hmm. doubt this will. But what do I know? Why did I say a, that with confidence? He said in a deposition that he acted like any mandated reporter when he learned about wrongdoing. He reported it to relevant parties. But to is he a mandated him. reporter? Uh, uh, maybe not. Uh, but also, the bottom line is he did exactly what the church should have done a long time ago. Oh, he took 100%. action when he realized it was a problem, but because he violated the letter of the law yeah. when it comes to bankruptcy, the ethical correctness of it of course. does not matter, like you said. I mean, listen, the church cloaks itself in like moral ambiguity that just lives on this side of legal. Like That's all they do. So they know where that line is, and they'll find it every fucking time. The archdiocese reacted to the story by saying... The wisdom of the judge's ruling speaks for itself. Okay, calm down. Uh huh. I should say, like, here's what I want. I know. I think you're right that the he broke the rules. Yeah. He has to pay the price, yeah. even though it's morally correct. But again, like when the morally correct option is in opposition to the law, you gotta. I mean, we've talked. The whole civil rights movement right. is doing the right thing in opposition. Hundred percent. The, the law is unjust. It may uh. be messed up. But everyone is better off because this lawyer spoke up. Yes, and I but also, also those people who do disobey the law, even though it's just, have to face those consequences. And yeah, like, that's why we have mugshots of civil rights leaders. Exactly, right? and like, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but that's just the reality of like, you ha- if you want to be a good person, you have to do it in spite of the laws. Yeah. Um, well, here's what I would love to Which see. Which makes it more if brave. The Catholic Church actually gave a damn about any of these victims. They don't. They should offer to pay the fine on his behalf because he did them a favor by giving them information that led to the dismissal of a predator. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to do it. I would argue that there should be definitely at least a GoFundMe page (laughs) for this guy if he does have to pay it. But but no, I I hope not. Have you ever heard of the? um, It's so funny that this came up. Have you ever heard of the buried bodies case? Oh, in in the seventies. 
you got to be more specific. Okay, so there is a guy named Robert Francis Garrow, G-A-R-R-O. In 1973, he attacked a bunch of campers, um, uh, uh, murdered them, eventually got arrested, had these two lawyers, I'm trying to find their name right now, Armani and Belge, B-E-L-G-E. Essentially... um, they were both very hesitant to um, defend this guy because he was an asshole. Everybody knew that he did it, and he was just a fucking monster. Um, when the two lawyers are talking to the murderer, he says uh, they're saying, we think he's confessing, uh, yeah, false confessing. And so this murderer says to his two lawyers, I can tell you where two bodies are buried, and that way you know I'm telling the truth. And so he told he drew a little map, told them where the body, these two lawyers, where the bodies were buried. And these guys got assigned to this. They were not, mm-hmm. they're not like defense lawyers or whatever. Um, and the two lawyers drove to where he said, dug them up, found that there were in fact bodies there, and then went back and just continued on the case and didn't say anything. And it was a, it's apparently still taught in, I, I, I hope lawyers know better than me, but apparently it's still taught, taught in ethics class because these two lawyers were, I mean, ostracized and arrested. Like there was legal problems, there was social problems mm-hmm. of like, how could you know where these two young girls are buried while their parents still think they might be alive somewhere? Right. And they were like, I cannot break my my oath to these to to my client, because because how can any cl- client tell a lawyer anything right. if they can turn around and do that? But also, why would you go look for the bodies? That feels a little more complicit. Anyway, without the podcasting equipment, without no any podcasting equipment, they couldn't even record them I going. Huh, I found something. Right. Um, like anyway, it's just I, I find these kind of ethically ethics things interesting, and also it makes me really happy that I did not pursue law. My mom <laughs> thought I'd be a good lawyer, but I think she just thinks I'm um, argumentative. I I will leave you with just a couple of quick uh, fun ones. Ooh. You would might be amused Fun by. ones. Yeah. Here's, uh, on September 30th, a, a day after Hurricane Ian hit most of the, uh, hit the coast of Florida. You mean the day before my birthday? Yes, That's exactly. what most people think of it as. Yes. Christian evangelists, right-wing activists, Mario Marillo and Lance Wallnow, they announced that they were going to have a tour, a preaching tour. Uh, they were going to do it. Yes. They said, we're going to do our tour on October 24th and 25th. So the day after Ian Hits Florida, they're like, yep, it's still on. We're still doing it. Specifically, <sighs> they said, we are not canceling. The hurricane has added a great urgency to the event. Uh, they know hurricanes and now are it is crystal clear dangerous. that we are in God's perfect timing. It's not like a quick thunderstorm uh-huh. that passes through in 10 minutes. Hurricanes like kill a lot of people yep. a yep. lot and like dev- and Florida in particular, was not prepared for this particular hurricane in so much that they do not care about the environment when they build houses. That too. So they said again, we are not canceling. We are in God's perfect timing. And of course, you could guess where this is going this week. The two of them said, yeah, we're, we deeply regret oh. uh, the inconvenience this will cause. Oh, but we have no choice. Oh, I hate to see it. Uh, basically, they're rescheduling it to the beginning of December which, you mean out of hurricane season? Out of hurricane Smart. season. Which, again, I don't even care. Go do it in December. That's fine. I'm more, I want to go back. I want you to explain to me why you went from we're not canceling, we're in God's perfect timing. Is it because you were baiting God? Because that's what it sounds like to me. Like, we're going to go to this fucking place where God sent a hurricane and be like, fuck you, put a bubble on us or something. Yeah. 
That's how you do. Like, they never address the fact that they lied to all these people because they're just like, well, the next thing I say will... They're never gonna. They can never admit that they were wrong because admitting they're wrong is a sign of weakness and they can't have that. I do have two roughly identical screenshots, like the poster for their uh, event with very different dates. Oh, Um, oh, you hate to see it. You know. Um, And then last one here, just because this happened today and it made me laugh. Uh, last month, I got an email from my friends at One Million Moms. Oh, they have I your know. email address? It was a couple months ago, yeah. Oh. They sent an email basically uh, complaining about a new cartoon. It's on FXX, which I believe is a Disney One channel. It's called uh, Little Demon. <laughs> and basically, the show is about a little girl and her mother just trying to live their lives in Delaware, except uh, the girl's father is Satan, oh. uh, who's voiced by Danny DeVito. So, there is the show. Um, But it's apparently, like, it's made for adults, which is one thing. But also, I think it's gotten in the news because it has, like, full frontal nudity of the mother. It's a cartoon. Yeah, have you ever seen uh, Big Mouth? I I know what you're talking about. It's actually very good. But it's, like, it's not even... I think portrayed in a sexual way. They're just like, it's her body and she has a reason for not having clothes, whatever. It's not a kid's show. But a couple of months ago, One Million Moms is like, we have to get this thing canceled, which they do all the time. They said, the show makes light of hell and the dangers. I'm pretty sure it's probably a bad thing when Dottie's moving around when we have these microphones that pick up everything. I'm so sorry. We we put all the packaging on the floor and Dottie was like, what if I hang (laughs) out there now? So a couple of months ago, One Million Moms said in a press release, the show makes light of hell and the dangers of the demonic realm. They went on to say, it is evident that Disney is trying to portray witchcraft as a positive tool to fight evil. Okay. I do love when they, the things they pick. Yeah. Because of all the things you're mad because at. Because like, I know for a fact there was a show on Comedy Central literally called Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Like, <laughs> this is not the first yeah. time the devil has been used by, like, fucking the whitest guys, whitest dudes on earth, whitest guys you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, Why does guys do you know they do a very good yeasting that the <laughs> devil is like anyway, someone needs to show Monica Cole, not- the one mom, like, here's what euphoria is. Good luck with this one. Oh boy. Um, but okay, they do this all the time. They're complaining about the show. They want people to boycott Excuse me. it. No one She's cares. complaining about She's the show. There's no the they. <laughs> and then last week I got this email. I'll be honest with you, it didn't even register. I saw it and I'm like, whatever, archive, I don't care. Uh-huh. Victory. One Million Moms is thrilled to announce Little uh, Demon has been canceled. And I saw that, and I'm like, my my first thought when I saw that is... Shows get canceled all the time? Yeah, shows get canceled all the time. It's weird that you're taking credit for it, because I promise you, you didn't have anything to do with this. Marsha. But, um, okay, I didn't watch the show, so, like, whatever. It didn't really register, so I didn't care. They do this all the time. I didn't realize, and I I wish I had actually read their mail from last week, because this is what it actually said. One Million Moms is thrilled to announce Little Demon has been canceled. It was recently reported that the show has been canned. According to Gateway Pundit, Disney has canceled Little Demon. Dot, dot, dot. Their only source for saying it was canceled is the site Gateway Pundit. What's Gateway Pundit? All right. It sounds It's like right-wing. saying, I heard it on Alex Jones's show. It's called Little Demon? Little Demon. I'm just going to say. But see. they basically said this right-wing conspiracy theory website said it was canceled, and they ran with it. Mm, and then, does not appear to be canceled. And then today, you are correct. Today, 
I, by the way, I should say the American Family Association, uh-huh. the Christian hate group that oversees One Million Moms, uh-huh. they sent the same press release out oh. saying why it was canceled. And then today, One Million Moms, uh, the mom, sent out another email saying, this is hilarious. Dear Hemant, oh. the Disney FXX show Little Demon has not been canceled after oh, all. Oh, Marsha. The dark and demonic animated show focuses, yeah, 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 I don't care. We are known for being... I don't being, think that was written directly to you, Hemant. Oh, I think it was. Oh, okay. We are known for being straight talkers who do not soft sell the truth. Sure. That's why we want to be straight with our supporters. We jump the gun. Because they don't want to be gay with their supporters, mm-hmm. am I right? Thought about it. We jump the gun on this one. We received bad information and failed to double check. I am telling you what. <laughs> Wait, <See>? little, <laughs> little Demon is such a horrible show. Perhaps we wanted a victory too badly. Say what you will about Marsha, the One Million Moms. That's a decent apology. Women know how to well, apologize. Yeah. Okay, here's what I don't like yeah, about it. Yeah, we jumped the gun. We shouldn't have done that. Those are apology they, words. I'm glad they sent out the email. I and think I, they're monsters. I do want to applaud them for owning up to that mistake. Mm-hmm. Here's what I would like to know. Okay. How come th- I want them to explain their vetting process. They said we received bad information and failed to double check. They Googled. When have they ever Googled. double checked stuff? How did you get information from the right-wing conspiracy website and yeah. just say jackpot? Well, yeah. Like, what's your process? Because there isn't one. Yeah. They did not admit Gateway Pundit is a site that spreads conspiracy theories. Because well, they wouldn't because their that's people. their, yeah, that's their thing. And they didn't say what they're going to do to make sure that this doesn't happen again in the future. Because, of course, they're not. Because they're like, uh, they don't one time we made a mistake, you guys. If it happens again, it happens again. Like, Who's getting hurt here? You know, Hemant? Jeez. Uh-huh. Taking everything so but seriously. But also, they're like, we really want the... Here's the thing. Little Demon, it's a cartoon. It's on... I don't know what the ratings are. I'm sure it's like every other cartoon. Oh, it's got a good cast. Which is... It's going to end. It's fine. It's going to end. That's not true. Archer, Simpsons... Right. If you're the exception Bob's to the Burgers, rule, sure. Most new Adventure cartoons Time. are going to disappear. The question is, is this going to live on on a streaming service or whatever? If the answer is no, it's going to be canceled. When that happens, I know they're going to take credit for it, even mm. though, again, they have nothing to do with it. <gasps> Phil oh. Lamar is in it. Oh, Lennon Parnum. I love her. Are you anyway, What are we talking about in the Michael bonus? Shannon is in it? That's a weirdly big name. I don't know the cartoon, and I don't know anyone you're talking about. Michael Shannon, OG Jen Raphael, so William Herbert Jackson, Survivor. Sam Richardson. You yeah, can we're find be me about at Hemant Meta on Twitter. You can go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Please tune into our bonus episode. Last week we started our Survivor series. If you aren't <laughs> familiar, Hemant weirdly loves Survivor in a way that's confusing to me. And I had never seen it before in my life. And so a new season just started a couple of weeks ago. So I am we're watching discussing. it and we're discussing as we go. Last week was the first episode. I think we covered the first two episodes of it. Three. Three? Three. Dang. Um, you can always find me at Jess Blimke on Twitter. And hey, if anybody lives in the Chicagoland area, there's a couple of events going on at the barn where I work. Um, we're a nonprofit uh, therapy barn. So it's all good, good cause stuff. This coming Saturday, the 15th of October, um, there is a bonfire at the barn. It's at the Hanson Center. You can look that up in Burridge at uh, 630. And then the following 
um, Sunday, October 23rd, we're having the Fall Fest. Um, the bonfire is 25 bucks at the door. Fall Fest, I think, is free. It's 11 to 2 p.m. Um, and both of them, you can come, like, see goats and horses and things like that. Fall Fest, there's going to be, like, more activities, face painting, a bouncy house, things like that. And my understanding of raising children is it's, like, 90% just filling days with stuff for them to do. So, I don't know. It's in Burridge. It's right, like, off 294 and I-55. It's pretty easy to get to. So, uh, yeah. That's what's we'll going on. We'll see you next week. Bye.